They were two young girls living in a world of imagination. I'm going to the fourth world. It's an absolute paradise of music, art, and pure enjoyment. What they had was friendship. Christmas. Your mother is rather a miserable woman. What they needed was freedom. Do you like your mother? No. What they shared <coughs> was secret. Your daughter's been behaving in a rather disturbed manner. What's she done? I think I'm going crazy. I'm sure it's perfectly innocent. <coughs> the crime that shocked the nation. People die. Every day, we the best people fight against all obstacles in pursuit of happiness. Four thought it up. Aren't you clever? We're not going to be separated. <laughs> I hate you! She's uncontrollable. Based on a true story. It's all frightfully romantic. Heavenly Creatures. Based on a true story. Um, <laughs> Conan, you're muted. I was just mocking the guy. I was saying, in a rule you would not believe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the accent. The guy voice. Yeah, exactly. But on it's the also other the side accents of the world. In this entire film are funny. <laughs> exactly. You'll notice because you of, like, of the time period of the film, the accents are very, like, all the adults speak very British because that's what they were taught oh, in New no. Zealand. We they, we didn't do it in Oz, but they did it in New Zealand. Oh yeah, that sounds yeah. right. <clears throat> yeah, I like I like the Kiwi accent though. That like you know that you can get it from um, Melanie Linsky. You can still hear hers a little bit, a little bit. You can still hear hers, but um, all the grown ups speak very like posh British type. Which is how they had to, like, even the TV, like, the guy, like, the hosts on TV had to speak in British English. They weren't allowed to use the accents. Yeah, well, even on, like, uh, BBC television, it wasn't until very recently where they, they weren't allowed to speak the Queen's English. So, yeah. you know, um, you know, maybe you might have one or two Scottish guys. It was revolutionary whenever um, uh, P, uh, Chris Frackleson played Doctor Who with that London accent. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Anyway, accents, am I right? They're wild. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to Movie Night Extravaganza, episode 75. It is Oscar weekend. Uh, you know, <laughs> Sunday is the Oscars. Um, I guess we're not going to talk about that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just want to talk about something that you've done all the prep work for and no one else has. So you look really informed and awesome and everyone else looks like an adult. <laughs> I've seen about a third of them. But I've, I've seen, I've seen I less than you have. I, you know, I, I, but I did my binge watch. Well, I did who's the adult pizza. now, motherfucker? Yeah. Anyway, I did. I, <laughs> I did licorice. I did licorice pizza. I watched Belfast, which I fucking hated. I watched. Um, uh, did you the, hate the, Belfast? I haven't watched Belfast the, yet. But Power of the Dog, right? Power, Power of the Dog. Yeah, I couldn't. That's think gonna of be what wins. By the way, I'm, I'm making the call now. <laughs> if it's not Power of the Dog, I'll be, I'll be spread. I don't think it's the best movie, but I think. I it's think it, yeah, it'll win a ton of awards. Because it was like I think it'll win best picture, and I think it'll win best director. That's, it's that's... got all the um, the most nominations behind yeah. Dune. Come so on, come like, on, got shut out. Dune and then Dune and Barb and Star. Mm. Barb and Star got shut out as well. And I don't really think Licorice Peach is that great. 
either. I, I enjoyed no, licorice pizza. I did not enjoy Belfast. Belfast fucking sucked. Belfast is terrible. Um, I'm still gonna watch. I've still got it on my list to watch. My one of my coworkers who loves English and pop, Brit pop and stuff so, as much as me, he watched it and told me it was fantastic. So well, I it's, think it it's, kind of it's Irish. It's not. I mean, it's not British. It's it's uh. No, but, we're, about the, we're but the British trouble. will take credit for it. There yeah. Are. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Australia. Just, we just assume all of England, Ireland, Scotland is because we're all from there, basically. See, I'm I'm just someone that like. I guess we're that, just doing the show we said we weren't gonna do. At this <laughs> yeah, sorry point. about that. We're vamping. We're waiting <laughs> for Erica to get here. Um, <laughs> that's fine. I'll do it. Like I said, come on, come on, got robbed. Like I haven't seen Belfast. I'm sure I don't like it very much. I also yeah. thought Drive My Car was good, but overrated. Like, I don't think it's yeah. an Oscar movie either. But I loved Come On, Come On. But yeah, I thought Come I On, Come On is absolutely an Oscar movie, just not this year. I mean, this year mm. it's like. I got it. I feel like it's just going to be Power of the Dog and Dune. I think Dune will win for cinematography and sound and nothing else. Yeah. And, I think and they're going to give uh, they're going to give Hans Zimmer his if, dude. Oh, if Hans Zimmer gets <laughs> Hans Zimmer would definitely, yeah. I'm going to get be super pissed if that's the award that it wins. I bet you no, he will. He'll win. I reckon 100%. So I should say by the way, um I guess you guys are all wondering uh you know who we are. I'm Forrest. Um no last name given. Um we have Jay Andrew, Let's Kill Mother World, uh, illustrator, artist, um, hit his mom over the head with a rock and ran away. You know, DZ in the fourth world. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't turn yourself to Jay Andrew, fourth world. That seems like a no brainer to me. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's, you're right. That's the laugh of someone that didn't think of that. I was thinking too hard. Yeah, that's the laugh of someone that didn't think of that. Fine, then you'll have it for by, me. Conan Neutron, not of a band called Friend Zone. Conan Neutron of Protonic Reversal and Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Um, I was really fucking, I, I was nervous, you know, introducing uh, Joseph yeah, Levi yeah. because he already didn't get to do his green screen and I really wanted it to go well. So I was yeah. trying to rush through it and then I had a whole paragraph of intro for him. So I'm sorry for that. Conan I, it Neutron. was it's probably <laughs> hilarious to watch because if you watch it, you kind of see me to speak kind of like, huh? And then you see Andy kind of do the same thing, and then we're both like, "Well, do we say something, or do we just kind of let that slide?" And I was like, "It's like, no, I'm, I'm gonna say something." No one's ever <laughs> let anything slide that I've messed up on this. Show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, I, I walked over my plugs. Yeah, Protonic Reversal, Secret Friend Zone. Yep, all that shit. <laughs> Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends, and of course, this movie has at least a uh, hundred secret friends, right? They're in their, you know, their fourth world. Um, yes. I'd say that, yeah. It's basically <laughs> as many people that are in the lineup of my band. <laughs> uh, all of which will eventually be featured guests on this show, apparently. Uh, but yeah, I mean, th this is this is a lively movie about uh, the power of imagination, uh, amongst other things, including lesbianism and murder. But like, it's uh, ultimately the thing that drew into me is what an accurate, well, accurate is probably the best way to put it. <laughs> uh, one of the more innovative ways to show when people live inside minds, uh, they're leave, live inside their imagination, live inside the minds of like uh, worlds that they've created to actually show that in such a way is really, really cool. And I, yeah. and I, I, I'm the one that kind, kind of, of like it. Oh, have the same imagination. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. which is fascinating. Like because, linked mind. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so I, 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 not to, that's yeah, why not I pushed for this. Years. No, no, not Zed. That's why. That's why I really wanted to cover this one because, uh, for me, like this, this is like one of my favorite movies, and one of the reasons why is because it's uh, because of that. Like you know, I think it's an interesting story. I think it's incredibly well directed, incredibly well acted by uh, both Melanie Linsky and Kate Winslet. But ultimately, mm -hmm. like this is. I mean, it goes wrong, right? It goes bad, but like this is probably one of the best movies I've seen to depict like the power of imagination. Hey, everybody, it's icky. Yeah, it's that uh, and yeah. SpongeBob <laughs> doing the rainbow. Imagination, and then yeah, yeah. Those are, those are my those are the two best. And this is also um, the debut debut feature films for both actresses. Yeah, yeah. And I have and I have um, uh, I, I have a clip to after I introduce you, Renee Rune, who does movie reviews at the Night Shift, Smells Like Girls podcast. Or smells like girl, singular podcast. Yeah, and and rune. We're gonna railroad you. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm extra, now I'm extra cautious to make sure everybody gets the. That's good. You know. oh, um, no, smells so like I, fun zone. <laughs> I have. Um, I guess I have to pull it up again, but I have um, a clip where they talk about how they literally drove around to high schools, um, accidentally drove to a boys' high school, and and uh, <laughs> and Peter Jackson. I almost said Peter Coffin. No, but Peter Jackson's uh, <laughs> yeah. Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson's producer. Um, you know, he and his producer drove around to all these high schools, um, and found Melanie Linsky in one of them. Hold on, That's just vamp for a second while I pull up the clip. But um, yep. I'm gonna nope, say nope. Uh, it's one of the films where the um, the actress is actually the same age as her character. She is actually yeah. 16. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Kate Winslet wasn't that much older. I think she was like she was 19. Yeah. yeah. Kate was only, uh, but Melanie was actually 16, which is the age of the person she's playing. Yeah, that's so. crazy. Well, and you wouldn't know it because I mean, she's just she's such a titan, and I'm glad she's finally getting her due, like with uh, you know, Yellow Jackets. And I loved her in Castle Rock, but I mean, I feel like same, I did as well. Yeah, but I feel like I think we talked about this. I think like three people watch those shows, and like it's everybody before everyone's like now. angry because so they're <laughs> canceled. And <laughs> Well, and also, like we said, you know, like Lizzie, I, I'm sure we've talked about this. Lizzie Kaplan in season two, like, you know, Kathy Bates was like, you're the Amazing. only mystery now or something like along those lines. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, holy crap. Because I love Lizzie Kaplan, too. I think she's a bad I like, I like Lizzie. Liz, yeah. Yeah. Lizzie Kaplan. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like Lizbeans. I mean. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like I like all the comedy roles she's done, though. Um, Party Down yeah, is like, like one of my favorites. That's an all timer. Like, she's amazing in that. I mean, everyone is. Party Down is incredible freaking amazing well, i can't wait until the new one the new season i'm that's that that is one of like only two or three things i'm like hell yes make more of that please oh, yeah. i like the guy who who did that tom hanks movie where he said i'm the captain now who was in uh <laughs> um <laughs> uh in castle rock who, who who i don't know his name because he's not very famous but he's fantastic i'm the captain now <laughs> andy world everybody <laughs> By the way, Kate Winslet, um, uh, Christina talked about uh, Titanic. Um, yeah. Kate, Kate sure. Winslet kind of overnight, right, didn't believe that Titanic was going to be as big as it was. I mean, it was the most expensive movie filmed at the time, so maybe she's kind of dumb for, for not understanding how big that movie was going to be. But she said that she um, – I was watching her, like, uh, retrospective thing for this, uh, yeah. for this episode, and she said that, like, overnight she went from, like, going to stores and, like, walking in and being fine and no one really recognizing her. Like, she had been in, like, a couple movies – I think she was in yeah. um uh what what is it um Pride and Prejudice or Sense and Sensibilities? Uh, Sense and Sensibility is yeah. the one that came after, and there's like another one after that's another kind of period. Oh, it's a uh, oh it's a it's a play of Hamlet, 
It's Kenneth Branagh, actually. I think Kenneth Branagh's like Hamlet thing, which is like super overwrought, not very interesting, but uh, notable since you just sounds like his career. Guy. It's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it's probably yeah. It's cool looking. Movie. It's cool looking, but not a great film. Um, so and, yeah. So she said she went. She also she played the princess to... in a kid in King Arthur's court, which is an Andy reference. Yeah, she did. Yeah. But then but yeah. anyway, so, oh, I know. So she said, that, was like, that was her third movie. She was able to like walk into stores. Everything was still kind of fine. Like people knew who she was, but she wasn't like famous, famous. And she said like overnight it went to like there would be just people lined up outside of her house, yeah. like photographers, reporters. Like it, it was insane. And she's like, I couldn't live like a person anymore after that. And like I don't know. She like she like kind of just when people were like, oh, you're gonna be huge, like. You know, from here on out, it's going to be different. She's like, my life isn't going to be different. She's like, oh no, fuck! It was different within 24 no, hours. Like, completely different. <laughs> but yeah. this is, but Heavenly Creatures, and and more, you know, for for the mainstream audience's sense sensibility. But like, uh, Heavenly Creatures actually uh, was one of the movies that kind of brought her to a lot of people's attention because Peter Jackson was well known mm. for, you know, things like Dead Alive and like Bad Taste, and I think it, I think oh, Meet the Feebles even before this. All that stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, so which. I love all that stuff, but let's just go and charitably say it's not mainstream entertainment, right? So, no, one hundred percent, no. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, yeah, this, this was before, like, kind of, um, what would you call it? Like, he did, you know, it was like, yeah, when you look at Bad Taste and Meet the Feebles and stuff, it's a bit yeah. like. And then you know he came out with this, and of course, um, he, you know, the he also didn't he also work on Picnic and Hang Rock as well. Which I thought was one of his earlier ones. It's got the same very similar really? vibe. Okay, I mean it, it definitely does. I love Picnic and Hanging Rock, but um, yeah, I just want to point right. out. So that was Peter Weir, but he uses a lot of similar, right? Um, that ethereal stuff that goes on in this film, you can see it, it's very like post Picnic and Hanging Rock, which makes sense since they're both over our side of the globe, and there's not many. Right. At the time, there wasn't many directors and stuff doing stuff or being kind to each other because we're really bad at flower cutting. You know? I just want to point out for the for the audio listeners, what you're missing out on right now is uh, one of our one of our feline roommates, inch catting tough and looking actually like a very good attaché for like yeah, looks, cool stuff. Fits on in it. really well. <laughs> the evil because, eyes. Yeah, because with Icky, you just see like eyes. Right. Yeah. And so it's this this is unplanned behavior, but I'm here for it. So I just wanted to say if you if you only listen to the audio podcast, these are the small little things that you do not get if you do not subscribe to uh, the Moving Extravaganza YouTube stream and or, or the Twitch, you know, Twitch, that also is good, too, uh, which you should also do anyway. Thank you. Anyway, yeah, to see my cat. Behind or if you me. or if you that's uh, the only you know. reason to do it. If you send me your address, I'll send a, a sparrow over to your house, you know, like a, or a carrier pigeon, and they will have a, a like pictures of the show, like you know what I mean, just like yeah, uh, still photos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, I want to. This is a couple minutes. I want to play this. This is about um, the casting process, and oh, um, oh yeah, I, I, the one thing I was just gonna say yeah. is this, this, but this movie was like uh, in its way at the time, like a bomb in the room for Peter Jackson. That ultimately, like, it was an indie darling. It wasn't like it was a mainstream success, but one one can say, and I think Peter Jackson has said that without Heavenly Creatures, he would not never have gotten the nod for Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and I have some really funny, um, so I pulled it off the New Zealand Film Commission website. I have some really funny early interviews from this show, or from this movie. 
from this show. He was on Movie Night Extravaganza. No, I have some early. Uh, I have some early. He just made to take a week off when he got his. Um, when he got his Oscar nomination for this, right? Um, and it was award season. He was getting awards like like crazy. And I have some really funny uh, footage for later on, maybe for the after party when um, when he's like, "Oh, I'm never gonna change. I'm never gonna do a huge movie. I like what I'm doing." And it's like, you know, in retrospect, it's really funny because it's like, you know. He ends up doing Lord of the Rings and and the Hobbit movies, like these huge movies. But of course, he doesn't really have to change. He, he's, I think, he's terrified that like mainstream success will make him change. You know, shooting in New Zealand and working mm. with you know the way that he wants to, having full creative control. I don't think you know uh, Lord of the Rings really changed that for him. They shot like the entire thing in New Zealand. Yeah, like, you know, like he they made had to come sure to him. that it was so New Zealand. Like, yeah. Even the, a lot of the crew were all New Zealand. And I, and I have to wonder if that's because he spent a bunch of time doing a uh, press and going, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change. And then, you know what I mean? Like he had to show like, oh, well, I'm not fully changed. But uh, this is this is the uh, this is the, the press either where he talks about. I'm going to um, be like, I'm going to change completely. I'm going to be a completely different person. Thanks. Yeah, I, I would be like, I'd be like, I'm out of here. I'm not. You know what? I'm going to be global. No more New Zealand press for me. Who <laughs> plays Juliet was an English actress who. Has never done a feature film before, but has had you know training and drama school and stage work and some TV work. Melanie Linsky, on the other hand, was a young New Zealand um, girl who we didn't cast till the last minute. I'd been looking for Pauline for months, and we didn't auditioned about six hundred young New Zealand actors or non-actors too, just anybody that was interested and. Uh, I'd, I'd had a shortlist of two people that were both about 20, and I felt one of the important things of casting the two girls was to get their ages close to the real Pauline and Juliet, which was 15 and 16. And um, because I never believe if you see movies where you have a 25-year-old wearing a school uniform, I mean, <laughs> I just don't, you know, it doesn't work for me. Um, and you see it all the time. So we were looking for 15-year-olds in New Zealand, and... I had two actors that were about 20 or 21 and, and they were both good actors, but I couldn't make up my mind. And we got to the stage that it was about uh, four weeks before we were going to start shooting the movie. And I, and I was being pressured to make a decision on who was going to be Pauline. And I, and Fran could see the dilemma I was in and Fran said, well, this is crazy. You know, we've spent all this time researching this, all this time writing the script and we haven't found the right Pauline. And I said, no, it's a tragedy. It's a complete tragedy. And she said, well, we can't let this happen. And Fran actually got into a car and started to drive through New Zealand with a photograph of Pauline Parker. And she'd go into, into schools. She'd stop at schools in each little town that she came to, some of these really small towns. She'd, she'd go to the principal's office and she'd say, look, this is what Pauline Parker looks like. Do you have anybody in your school that looks like this? <laughs> um, and that is interested in acting. I remember one of the schools you said that you went to, the principal said, well, we could give you 15-year-olds, but they're all boys. Because she actually stopped in a boys' school and was waving, the, was waving the picture around. But eventually she telephoned me from a place called New Plymouth, a town called New Plymouth. And I was in Christchurch, a city hundreds of miles away. And this was like three weeks now before we were going to start shooting the movie. And she says, look, I think I found this girl in New Plymouth Girls High School. Her name is Melanie Linsky. She's never acted before, but she looks really good. And I think she's, she'll, she'll, she, she's very intelligent and she can probably teach you how to act. 
And, and so we flew Melanie down to Christchurch, gave her a couple of auditions, and eventually we cast her two weeks before the film was going to start shooting. And so Melanie, going back to what I was talking about before, Mel Melanie had, has no, had no act training as an actor. She didn't know anything about acting. And we had a coach, her mother in the movie, Sarah Pierce, the woman that gets murdered, she's a very good actor, very experienced. And so Sarah trained Melanie all the way through the shoot. Sarah was working with Melanie, like the mother and daughter in the film were working together on the performance. Um, but Melanie found it very difficult to do the, um, the, the intense scenes, the murder scene and the, and the anger and hatred because Melanie is a very sweet girl. And when you're making a movie, you have to see things in people's eyes. You have to see emotion inside the eyes because on a cinema screen, an eyeball is about this big and it's sort of, it's so obvious what you're thinking. And Melanie was, we had to get Melanie worked up into a murderous state. She, she had to actually have murder kind of radiating out of her eyes at times in the film. And she found that very, very difficult because she wasn't a professional actor. She couldn't turn it on, turn it off, turn it on, turn it off like professionals are trained to do. She had to actually work herself up into the state and hold it there for maybe hours and hours during, during the day. So that was very difficult. Well, I mean, in some of the intense sequences, um, especially between her and her mother, um, you know, what would happen is that Sarah, who was playing her mother, would we'd be all ready. The cameras would be there, the lights would be there, and and Sarah and Melanie would just go outside the set, and then you'd just hear them screaming at each other. They they would, you know, Sarah would start screaming at at, at, at Mel, you know, saying, "You bitch, you horrible, horrible daughter, I hate you, I hate you." And Melanie would start screaming back, and then they'd come back into the set, and Melanie would be so worked up, she'd be really angry. And since we sit down, I say, "Great, roll roll the camera," and we'd roll the camera, and she'd be in this kind of really worked up state. I mean, she was very brave to do all that. It's very hard for her, but she knew that that was what was going to make her performance good. She knew why she was doing it, and she was prepared to do it for the film. So. Yes, yeah, so I wanted to play the whole. Uh, you're, you're muted again, Conan. I wanted to play the whole clip because I feel like that's. Um, it's I kind was of talking to the cat who was decided to oh. make a swift exit right as it, the camera turned back on. So yeah, there you go. Um, I found it fascinating to look at someone who had just uh, because this is like not an easy picture, not an easy picture, as they say, um, not an easy uh, film. I don't think to have acted in. Right, like this isn't a, a film that requires an incredible amount of range. Um, it's all over the place. Uh, Renee, you're also you're, you're muted. Everyone's muted for whatever. I was just like they actually on some of the posters they write moida like M O I D E R because no yeah. one can say murder like in New Zealand accent. <laughs> <That's fantastic>. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, yes, it was like two girls and a murder. <laughs> well, Kate Winslet says it like that in it too, and she's not. She's yeah, exactly. But um, yeah. So, so I, I kind of I found it fascinating because this movie doesn't just require um, like a normal performance. This movie requires emotional highs, emotional lows, like things to be all over the place. Molly Linsky is fucking amazing in it. And it's crazy mm. that it's reversed her first role ever in anything, because even Kate Winslet has act, had acted in a bunch of TV shows and stuff like yeah. in the yeah. background and had a had a family that was, you know, involved in acting. Um so I, I don't know. So I found that like incredibly interesting that they would go out in the other room and they would start screaming at each other and she would get worked up and you can mm. see it. Like once yeah. you know that you can see it in the movie when mm. she's giving like the, her like beady eyed expression. Beady and, eyes, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like zoomed in and there's just so much required for this role. I mean, I you know, think it helped yeah. that she was a teenager. Cause you're already emotional 
Yeah, yeah. that stuff, and then you have quicker it. access to those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and then yeah. add that kind of to what the behavior that's happening. And I have heard that every everyone says that she's incredibly sweet and very very nice. And yeah, very quiet type girl. So like, yeah, but she, you know, in this film, she's a little kind of devilish. Yeah, she's like a demon. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, more she's of a demon. She's more of a demon than uh, Kate Winslet's character. Oh, 100%. Like, even in the, like we were talking about, because um, we rewatched it last night, my housemates from the same town as um, the real Pauline. Oh, no kidding. And, wow, okay. Well, not the, sorry, not the real Pauline. Blah, go back the other way. Melanie Linsky, sorry. Oh, this no. is the same town as where Melanie Linsky, so not right. the other way, you know what I mean. Um and so we were talking about it, and he was saying how she has a really hard time. She doesn't return to New Zealand very often. She gets picked on, like, everybody drags her through the mud. Like, we have a huge problem with tall poppy syndrome in New Zealand and Australia. But, yeah, she gets so much hate when she comes home. Um, but Why, for putting, was, for putting this on screen or for? No, for, like, you know, you're, like better, doing well. you're better yeah. than us now. You're, like, yeah, better you know. than us now, you know. Because she, she's she the full Kiwi. Yeah, exactly. And like you, you moved away and stuff, and like you, you know. But um, she's actually supposed to be one of the sweetest, like loveliest people. And she didn't, she never had an asp real aspiration to be an actress. So she's kind of thrown in, and then, then it rolled. You know, on. They, I mean, and that clip kind of shows it. They plucked her right out of her high school. The interesting yeah. thing is, they got finished shooting this. She had to go back to high school, finish up her exams, um, after the fact, and and then kind of graduate. And it's like. Jesus Christ, how do you do that? You know what I mean? Like, this movie got Oscar nominated. Like, it's not like it's a, a movie that kind of just disappeared and it was only shown throughout like, New Zealand. Like, this is Yeah. A... Well, it's kind of like people in New Zealand talked about it, but she just got forgotten. Yeah. Which was quite common for Australian and New Zealand actors at the time, you know. I didn't even know she was from New Zealand because I've seen her in a lot of stuff and yeah. she always has, like, a really good American accent, a really good Midwestern accent. Yeah, because she doesn't even – yeah, she hasn't yeah. been here for so long, like – so yeah, I think that was a big part of it. As she well. was in uh, she was in Don't Look Up, and I totally forgot about yeah. that until yesterday. Yeah, no, I I, yeah. I recognize immediately, but this is also one of my favorite movies of all time, and uh, you know this. Well, I I reckon I recognized her. I just didn't. I hadn't seen this movie, so I didn't put it together. Like, oh yeah, yeah that was like so because I watched Don't Look Up when it first came out. Yeah, um, I know. So yeah. at, at a very profound experience watching it so i kind of like tracked both their careers which i didn't really need to after titanic <laughs> but like with melanie linsky anytime melanie linsky was in something like oh melanie linsky's in that i'll check that out and yeah. it's always she did a lot of character work and a lot and all the stuff she, she's in is, is like pretty good like she's always really good in it like whatever it is but i was yeah. kind of glad when when i saw it don't look up i'm like that's Melanie Linsky. And Lindsay's like, who? I'm like, it's the chick from the Heavenly Creatures and whatever. I mean, I was already excited to see Castle Rock, which we just are just going to apparently keep it yeah. on this show over and over again. But when I saw her, she was going to be in it. I was like, hell yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm more in than I already was. You know, great. There's a film There's a film called um, But I'm a Cheerleader that she's in, which is yeah. fucking sensational. But for whatever reason, like nothing, she, she would continue to like do great work. But like it just didn't connect with people on that larger level, and that's why I'm so excited for her uh, success with with uh, stuff like Yellow Jackets and and things along those yeah. lines. And, yeah, I mean, like, I, I really liked the Frighteners, which was the film that she did yeah. <laughs> straight after this. That that was my next sentence. I was gonna say like uh, Frighteners yeah, like, is, it's by is Peter Jackson, well. York, so yeah. he obviously helped her 
by casting her in it. But that yeah. was her next film after this was another Peter Jackson. And, and, I, and how could he not? She's such a great talent, right? Yeah. I mean, how could he not? I mean, yeah. Jesus, that'd be like that good at like, you know, doing the acting at and that the young. First, like the very first time you've ever done it and being able to draw yeah. those emotions. Like, against Kate, well, not against, but like with Kate Winslet too. Who, someone like, who's been professionally trained. And professionally like, trained and also a badass and like to hold yeah. your own and like fantastic. I mean, she's, she's, she's a powerhouse, man. And I'm, I'm just really glad to see, I mean, and she's also six months older than me. <laughs> so like when I saw this movie, I was literally like the age of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this movie came out the year I was born. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love these tidbits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So it, it's interesting also with the don't look up thing, because I mean, you know, I, I think she's pretty, but you know, like Leonardo DiCaprio. They, 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 they play her down. Yeah. Like, they play that and, down big time. And also, and also Leonardo DiCaprio is like, you know, one of the most, it's, it's stupid that he plays a fucking scientist. Like, of course he's not a fucking scientist. No way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I didn't even, I'm going <laughs> to break everyone in the world's hearts. He likes this film, but I fucking hate Titanic. I've never watched anything so boring in my life. I cannot I, I, stand yeah, I'm it. not a Titanic fan. There was I a review of it. Titanic that I saw whenever oh. the movie came out. It was like right around the time the Oscars aired. And he yeah. goes, last night the Oscars was on. A week before the Oscars, my wife dragged me to say Titanic, and it was a terrible movie, but it was worth it because in the end, water comes crashing in and drowns everybody. After three also, hours of the Oscar, he could have fit on that Burst through he the doors and drown everybody. So they that was a them over. They let him, you know, Kate Winslet let him drown. He could have fit on that door. There's no way he couldn't have fit on that door. Yeah. What a he bitch. I, was, I always say when I'm saying, I'm like, fucking bitch. I love you so much now. Yeah, bye. Like all that foreplay all there. And then you just fucking left him for dead. Fine. Just walk over um, the end of my joke. Yeah, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. He's, 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 he's really good at it tonight. I've never seen it and I never will. I'm not interested in seeing it. I'm, 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 I'm going to attempt to go to my grave without seeing the movie Titanic. So. I wanted to get hit by an iceberg after watching Titanic. Um, <laughs> Is, was that your letterbox one-liner? <laughs> it should be. I, it should, not... That'd be really good. That would probably get a lot of likes. I'm gonna um, go so, this right is, so this is the Kate Winslet getting cast one, because um, I, I grabbed both of them. And uh, in, in both cases, it's an interesting story, um, you know, because both of them, obviously, it's their, it's their first time getting cast in a feature film. Um, I don't know how many... Uh, if anyone wants to look this up while this is playing, I don't know how many uh, shows that Kate Winslet had been in. She'd been in a few shows though, like it, as bit parts, like, like BBC yeah. stuff, right? Like, yeah. She'd been in about, yeah, I think five or six like TV miniseries type things. Yeah, and of course, you know, every actor's dream is to be uh, cast in a feature film. So, like Kid in King Arthur's Court. Yes. With, You've with, done um, little bits well. and pieces of TV, but mm. nothing, you know, nothing too notable. Mm. A little bit of casualty and a little bit of this and the other. Mm. How did you then find yourself on the other side of the world making a film for the young Peter Jackson? Well, I can tell you a great deal about this because I, <laughs> I remember it very, very, very clearly because it was an audition for Heavenly Creatures and i just finished my GCSEs. And things moved really suddenly quite quickly. I was sent this script for a film audition and, um, and my dad's in the room and he'll, he'll probably remember this. I remember that we had to drive to pick up the script because I had to go for the audition the next day and it might get lost in the post. And, you know, and I remember saying to dad, oh my God, dad, it's, a, it's an audition for a film. Wow. Oh my God. Do you think, do you think like I might 
get it? And he just looked at me and he said, yeah, you will. <laughs> and I remember thinking, that's... Because he, he was trying to tell me about the attitude I needed to have. Because Dad's an actor as well. And, and so I remember thinking, God, that's it, isn't it? I've got to, I've got to absolutely believe that I'm going to get this part. Because so much of it is believing that you will and willing things into existence. And, um, and I do remember thinking, okay, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to, I'm just somehow going to give them no option but to give me this part. And, and, and of course, a part of that is remaining incredibly calm. <laughs> and um, and I, I, yeah, I, I remember trying really hard not to appear too, you know, like, I want this part, you know, trying not to appear too desperate. Um, and then I met Peter and uh, his wonderful partner, Fran Walsh, who co-wrote Heavenly Creatures. And, and I just thought they were... They were, they, I just thought they were so lovely. I auditioned and then they called me back again about two or three weeks later. And then I was called back again. It was just terrifying. And then they sort of made me wait for about two more months. And then I finally got this phone call telling me that I'd, I'd got the part. And I was working at the time in the Delicatessen in Reading as a part-time <laughs> job where I think every member of my family has worked at some point. And, uh, and the telephone rang and just... I don't know what it was, but there was something about the way the telephone rang that day that I went, it's for me. And I knew that it was. I was like, oh, my God. And I stopped. I was literally mid-making sandwich. I'm like, <laughs> and sure enough, the lovely guy, Chris, who used to own the deli, Kate, yes, phone for you. Okay, sorry. I'm just, I'm just sorry. And just left <laughs> this sandwich, ran to the phone. And it was my child agent at the time who said, you clever girl. And I left the sandwich and I left work and I went home on the bus and <laughs> told everybody that I'd got this part. I don't think any of us could really believe it. Because I was absolutely happily going to be in episodes of Casualty and maybe a bit of theatre if I was lucky. I mean, that was, I never thought, I never, ever thought outside of that. Okay. I really didn't. Yeah, she did actually uh, one episode of Casualty, uh, one episode of Anglo-Saxon Attitudes, a Russell T. Davies <laughs> TV series called Dark Season, which looks like a Doctor Who knockoff, and uh, a thing called a low budget Back. Doctor Who knockoff. And I choose my words carefully when I say that. <laughs> yeah. I also i I watched that uh, when I was putting these clips together, and I was imagining being the guy waiting for that sandwich. So like. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're waiting for her to, to finish the sandwich at the deli. You're like, hell yeah. And then all of a sudden she answers the phone and takes off running. You're like, hey, is someone going to, is someone going to, I paid for, the, is someone going to finish the sandwich? <laughs> but then he probably tells this story. Right, but forever. exactly. But then he gets. She was making my sandwich when she got given her first role. So he probably says that story all the time. He's just even drunk as fuck at the bar. He's like, and then I didn't even get my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Which, hey, nice story if you can, you know. You I mean, sandwiches know. are pretty shit in England anyway, so. True. All food is so, kind of shit in England. Well, yes, that's true. Minus the roast. They do one of the best roasts ever with those Yorkshire puddings. Amazing with gravy. Anything with clotted cream, amazing. But, yeah, in general, they have no cuisine. I don't care what they say. And you they, can get Vegemite there. Ugh. But yeah, their sandwiches are <laughs> bad. The, the only appropriate response is someone invoking the word Vegemite. <laughs> I, I love that word. I mean, Vegemite yeah, say... vitamin. You know what I mean? It's it's a similar. Uh... Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Is that oh, I Love yeah, Lucy? Yeah. What's that from? Yeah, that's from I Love Lucy. It's yeah, yeah. When, when she gets drunk on the on the that's right. Uh, yeah. Multi level marketing scam. That she's right. <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. You're right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's Herbal Life, but you know the earlier version. Of it. <laughs> we, we might have to do that presumably terrible uh, being the Ricardos movie just so we can talk about I Love Lucy episodes for like two hours and then like yeah and this movie's not that good thanks yeah. Who was it that, that wrote somebody i assume it's not good by the way just based on the fact that aaron sorkin wrote it and modern aaron sorkin is i i don't know aaron sorkin maybe, in general. maybe it's great i'm sure <laughs> it's not somebody we've talked to recently i feel like uh wrote reviews oh it was um uh uh what's his name that that roasted me to fucking death um john barber john barber john so john barber did film reviews for See, I've, I've blanked it out of my mind. I'm traumatized. Is that is he so, a PTSD so from John, it? Yeah. So John Barber did film reviewing for a while. He was talking to us about it. And actually, um, Lucille Ball wrote, like, because he was working for the LA Times, was like, oh, no, that's my favorite writer at the LA Times. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I, not bad. I don't know if he told us that or if I read that when I was doing research for this, but one or the other. I, I think it. I think he it's on his it. website, too. He mentioned one of the many of times he wrested control away from your own show from you. <laughs> I fared better than Reagan, I guess. I don't know. You know, <laughs> he had his gotcha. Just <laughs> I enjoyed that story, though. I don't know. That was great. Yeah, it's yeah, a great story. Yeah. Um, he kept getting you get angry that we kept trying to like talk about the movie that was hilarious. <laughs> He's like, "Why this movie? Why not?" Uh, you know, why not any of like Frank Sinatra's other movies? Why not The Manchurian Candidate? And I was like, this is the second ah. show that we did. Yeah. <laughs> this is the second episode. Um, but anyway, Kate whatever. Winslet. Heavenly Features is awesome, though. Kate and that's Winslet, a great story. Bro. Kate yeah. Winslet. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and let's be. She's been low key and chill, too, though, I think, personality wise. She's never been a huge star star in like the. The, the whole like taking in and being absorbed by the whole fame thing. She's always been a really kind of chill, kind of keeps her own private life type actress. Definitely not a Leonardo. She's talented too. She's, she actually is a really great actress. I mean, look at something like Internal mm. Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, right? I mean, God, yeah. I mean, her and I guess I'm saying it, Jim Carrey both. Like, that's an astoundingly acted film. I mean, it's astoundingly directed. Everything about it's like top. Yeah, three. I um, I haven't I haven't watched that since like it it came out. And during the pandemic, at one point, I watched it. Um, oh yeah. I think I, was, I think I was pretty high and I watched it. And oh great. And like it's I was getting like, better. Like no, like you know, what I mean? like, like I, I yeah. was. Blown away by it again because I remember it's a mind it's a it. mind fuck of a movie in a good in a good way. You know, I need some yeah. spotless mind me bum you out. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 an awesome it's just, bummer, right? It's, that it's should really be a genre bummer, of movie. A, but it is a it's a bummer. Like yeah, you're gonna get bummed out. You're gonna love it, but you're gonna be bummed. Yeah, like, it's just the way there's heaps of films like that that are like an incredible but a mega bummer. Yep. Oh, not yeah. so incredible, but still bummers. Like when anyone ever brings up that, um, oh, I can't think of that, that bloody Blue Valentine. What a depressing, fucking boring bummer of a movie. And it comes up under romance. I'm like, mm. it's like the opposite of romance. It's like <laughs> it just all falls apart and it's shit and why bother? So I'm like, what the fuck? I really hate Netflix the people who write the fucking things because oh, I want to do that as a job because they're always wrong. It's like you'll right. see a film and you'll, be, you'll be like, this is amazing. And then, then you go, what the fuck? Why have they got that in comedy? That's one of the most depressing 
fucking yeah. horrible things and they've got it in comedy. And you're like, dude. Also, the spotless mind. I know this other movie you're talking about. Turtle Sunshine Sorry. of the Spotless Mind. I guess Xanax didn't exist in that uh, in that universe. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, yeah. listeners and viewers of the show who work at Netflix, Renee Ruin is motivated and a self-starter and will do the job of the thing that she just described. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And I'll do it right. We, we, oh, uh, you're, you're not just saying it. I'm saying it. And weirder things have happened. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. um yeah so you know going back to heavenly creatures um oh yeah yeah that movie no why are we talking about (laughs) heavenly creatures let's talk about eternal sunshine i'm going to john barber (laughs) it just turns into a whole different episode if the phone started ringing it would definitely be john barber hey (laughs) coden pulls off a mask (laughs) it's me I'm good nemesis. I got the water bucket. Let's go get Dan Rather. (laughs) (laughs) Get in, losers. We're waterboarding Dan Rather. Yeah, Um, yeah, this dude, Renee, the dude from Real People, also wanted to waterboard Dan Rather, which was an incredible clip. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Forrest, please continue. Yes. No, so I I definitely enjoy this film. I do think that what you're saying in the beginning about it being kind of the most um, uh, accurate depiction of imagination, like it's fucking killer that way. It, I, I arguably, and I'm going to say this again, it's one of the reasons why he was in people thought of him to be Lord of the Rings, because he did such an incredible job of taking these fantastical elements and presenting them in ways that didn't look goofy, for lack of a better term. So you have to yeah. remember that around that time, like, you know, a water world. Right? Do you remember Waterworld? I'm not talking about the theme park. I'm talking about. I saw the, that. Uh, yes, I probably not remember it, but yes, <laughs> I remember it. PTSD may have blocked that as well, but yeah, I mean, like there was, <laughs> there was this it's something that you can't forget. No, and it's, that's not a really good thing. Can't. Dennis but, Hopper and that ping pong ball. <laughs> but there was just... a certain idea that no matter how talented the director, nobody could pull off Lord of the Rings, right? And, and it, but it was it was his work in heavenly creatures, like bringing the fourth world to life. And even like with, with all of the figures and the characters, but being like clay representation, but mm. having like articulated faces and like personalities, like, you know, immediately which one is like the murderous son, right? Like it's, it's explicitly yeah. clear. Like it's like, Oh, it's this guy. He's, he's like, watch out for this one, you know? And like, because of that and because of the way he treated it with the budget he had, which was not crazy huge. No, no. You know, like he that put him is like, well, look what this guy can do with this. What if we gave him like a, a truckload of money? What do you think that would look like? Mm. Yeah, the CG. And I mean, New Zealand, New Zealand's the perfect landscape for Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's got endless, endless, endless land, and it's going to be infinitely cheaper. And it was to film there. And yeah, like, and and they have a film commission, and mm. it's kind of fascinating. They're and they do, so they actually, we do in Oz as well. So like. At when when we do films, and I think Britain does too, it's like they everyone really gets in and like donates massive amounts of money. Like it's a big deal for us to do a big film. They're like, hopefully one day they'll ask, or no, I was thinking about England and I was going to say, hopefully they'll ask for our cuisine and we can fucking <laughs> slap them down. <laughs> Australia. Gotcha. Australia slaps down the queen. Yeah, I love that on 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 film cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've already said, and I'll say it a million times to anyone who asks. They do the most disgusting. They don't do brunch. Brunch is a massive thing in Australia, and fuck me, England, in the in the gurgler. You guys can do brunch. 
I've, I've witnessed it many times, but Australia does it better than anyone, especially my town. And um, going to England and only being able to find like two places that do brunch, half correct, was pretty pathetic. <laughs> they're so like, they're boiling yeah. meat and you're like, sir, you don't boil meat for brunch. I'm sorry. No. Yeah, and just everything looks like big slops that you would like put on a prison food, like on a, you know, on a silver thing and just dump it at them. Here's some gross sausages with some beans. Like, enjoy. We use gelatin to get it all grouped together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like but yeah, at least, at least, the, you know. Waffles are like stuck in gelatin. Thanks for tuning in this episode of Ain't Talking About Brunch. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, this is wanna, such a risk wanna, at any time you have me on. <laughs> I want to shout out uh, Clive Marison, uh, the actor that played Dr. Hume in this, because I think during his, during his, uh, the funniest part of the movie, I fucking died laughing when this happened, when they're in yeah. there, when they're in the fourth world and, uh, and they're like, and they're yeah. like imagining all their things. And then they're like, and they're like, and Dr. Hume too. And then he comes out in the Joker with the Joker costume. Not, yeah. you know, not that Joker. Jester. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jester. The Jester. Yeah, yeah. So he comes out, but he, he's like, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know. I fucking lost my shit laughing at that. Yeah. I this really, I really loved, I'm going to say, I mean, all the characters have played really well in this film, but I really love, like Melanie Linsky's family are just spot. On like like me and my husband were laughing hysterically at like the particularly the father oh, like the father listening when she's listening yeah. to the record and he comes yeah. out with the fish with the fish that's exactly something my dad would have done and like and the way he talks to the kids and everything is just so Aussie slash New Zealand together we're very similar in some of those like aneurysms but that behavior was like oh my god that's just like my relatives. Yeah. Like, for those I of you who don't know, was, New oh. Zealand is basically Canada to Australia's America. Yeah, yeah. Except <laughs> we, we do actually, despite popular <laughs> opinion, we do actually really do like each other. But yeah, people yeah. try to pretend it's we like hate each other. Yeah, there's actually like a that's little... Tasmania, which is actually <laughs> within Australia. So you know, technically, we hate a part of ourselves, not Kiwis. How, how uniquely Australian. Yeah, uh, which is so, why it's funny that young Einstein was uh, from Tasmania. Yes, yes, young Einstein. He was a Tasmanian. That was a beautiful work, uh, piece of work. Tasmanian devil, yeah. classic Tas <laughs> Tasmanian actor. Um, <laughs> I, I prefer to discuss heavenly creatures. Literally, everyone went to like pounce on the Tasmanian devil material at the same time. Oh yeah. And, oh, and, and nobody was heard. Happening. <laughs> I, I was I was I was just gonna say that the Tas I prefer the Tasmanian devil's dramatic material, but that's what I was gonna say. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the dad the dad characters were amazing and I felt I actually really even though he was a minor character in in ways I'm like, aside from the girls, there was other things happening that I feel were important, just as important. Like the the father, you know, like Juliet's father, like there was such sadness with him. Yeah, and yeah. Like, and the way his wife and like the way, you know, there was, you know, this and even like we were talking last night, there's some behaviours in the film that are just so abnormal and it's even if you look at the real case they never actually addressed it so like pauline clearly has 
some form of like bipolar depression or like something going on. It's mm-hmm. clear, clear, like the way she snaps all the time and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I can say it. I'll drop it if you want. Just wait. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's an after party. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's the Patreon episode is where that's going to <laughs> yeah, be Yeah, yeah. Where I can just drop him left, right, and center. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> you know, you have that run. character. <laughs> yeah, you have that character. And, you know, there is just extreme sadness and kind of a patheticness, and, and you feel bad for the guy. And then the mother, like, is, but the reaction Juliet has when um, they're, the, they're sitting there and um, in the backyard – and she finds out that her dad's going overseas for a month and the mum's going. Yeah. Her reaction yeah. is just so, like, even that is completely abnormal, like, behaviour. Well, she she also, I mean, I think there's a class dynamic here, right, where, hmm. you know. Well, she's a spoiled brat. You have, yeah. like, she's a spoiled brat. But, but, I mean, she's spoiled because her parents are, are worldly and she's kind of been all over the world. Yeah. And, um, and so, but she knows what she wants, but she was abandoned that one time when she was having tuberculosis, which yeah. is clearly given her this, like, thing about not being able to have, like, be away from them, you know what I mean? Like, attachment. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, not to yeah, laugh yeah. at whatever, at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just continue talking, Renee. I'm, I'm yes, trying to yeah, ignore yeah. it. But also, um, <laughs> it's funnier. But the um, yeah, like the, there's like those little side parts, and even Never you know the dynamic that learned. dynamic between the mother, like Pauline and Pauline's mother, is like I don't know mm-hmm. what your like you guys is obviously how you grow up, but that is a very common dynamic that I grew up around here, and so did my housemate, my New Zealand housemates, like that stern mom who's just like eh, at you all the time and then the fun dad who's like hey like kind of thing but, she, but also, she still wants the dad to like drop dead which is kind of fascinating because yeah like, she finds him infuriating for being like <laughs> not serious but and then the mom you know and then the um the the one point I will say is nobody should have that many borders in a house with young girls what the fuck that that um, was kind of like as an adult watching this, I'm like, hmm. And yeah. I, I, apparently, like my my New Zealand housemate said that it's it was incredibly common, like to have like four or five whatever, which is well, like insane. And, and you have to assume that you know New Zealand, um, you know, because they're all kind of within the the British Empire still. I mean, yeah. Australia too in this time period, right? Like yeah. more more so under the thumb of. of you know, Britain as, as the British empire kind of than anything really is now because yeah, now yeah. kind of a, a weakened and, and, you know, desolate country. But um, <laughs> in that, but in that sense, like Australia is, ob- is obviously getting more uh, attention all the time than New Zealand is. So you have to think that, yes. you know, nobody really gives a fuck what happens in New Zealand and the poverty is probably a lot worse. Um, they do kind of also well, live in, in a small towns, definitely. Yeah. In, yeah, and like in, I mean, I don't think even in Australia we experience that border culture to that level. Mm-hmm. Like even in England, you might have one to two borders or whatever. Like, but you would never have a house with like five to six, seven. Like we didn't have like boarding houses like I guess in America where they were solely for that. Like, but even sometimes my dad will refer to my housemates as, "Well, how's your border?" 
And I'm like, it's not a, they're not a border. Like, because this it's that's what he remembers from when he was young was when you there wasn't no there was no such thing as share houses and stuff. If you had someone there that wasn't meant to be there, it was a border. So yeah, so that, there was a big culture of that. They seem to almost be like a hostel. Like they have like six kids. Yeah, living. and there'd usually yeah. be like one lady or man who I know I'd be hostile if I have that many kids in my house, let me tell you. <laughs> and you know there's obviously all the like you know c like in inferring that was lesbian stuff going on the whole way through um and even oh, when she's in, no yeah there was um, oh, but, yeah. um but, but both both they tried to you know that both women claim that they are not lesbians and weren't lesbians the real women I have a clip of the actual, um, uh, and her name now is Ann Perry. Ann Perry, yeah. yeah, she's a, yeah, yeah. So she's actually, it came out for the people watching, it came out that Juliet became the famous crime author in Britain called Ann Berry. Yeah, well, clearly they both have the creativity for it, so <laughs> and Pauline for just for giggles is is um she also lives in they both live in uh britain and um pauline lives in a little village in kent where she teaches horse riding i i was kind of i was kind of fascinated by the fact that they, they both only really got five years in the end for uh yeah all they got was five years yeah, yeah. and which is interesting because we were really our system is really was well it was rough but um you know, in penalties, but New Zealand's a little less rough. But still for murder, I think it was purely because we didn't have our rules, like because they were under 18. Like there's another, there's a couple of other little murder type things that happened in New Zealand where it's very similar. They didn't serve much or hardly any time because they were under 18 because we didn't have like a thing, a proper system. Yeah. Um I, I, I want to, by the way, Conan or whoever. I, I think that this would be because we're going to try to uh, do this in in an hour and a half, and then we're going to try to. Um, I mean, the after party is going to probably be just as long as the the normal episode. Um, I think this would probably be a good time to jump to the letterbox one liners. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. All right, so th thank you very much for us. So, of course. Letterboxd is a uh, social media site about film at with and to film lovers to talk to at with into each other. Well, that's an incredible sentence. I just said that <laughs> uh, people get to have their say, not just the Siskels and Ebers of the world. No lords, no masters, no problems. Uh, everyone gets to opine about movies they love, movies that maybe they don't love, movies they have interesting observations on, of which for this particular show, we, and I'm using the royal way in this situation, like the Windsors, uh, curate the best one-liner reviews, the, the culmination of the art form of the online review that are uh, funny, poignant, interesting, just plain baffling, and also, most importantly, here for us to react to. So here are the letterbox one-liners for Heavenly Creatures. Youth culture before rock and roll was horrible. Mario Lanza? <laughs> <laughs> I like the way the, the dad says it. Mario Lanza. Like he, he says it yeah. with like a elongated. 
that's that's real talk though i mean like that was edgy stuff and it was like wow rock I was and roll like, really yeah even i was like who the fuck is mario lanza i was like <laughs> I was the China. you paid me <laughs> what that's matt cornell with that one uh, aka <laughs> well i shouldn't add him extreme elvis but whatever it's fine <laughs> treat yourself mom single oh tear my god now my cheek <laughs> Dave Parker. That is a that is a crazy scene. Mm -hmm. Especially when yeah. you know what's gonna happen. I mean, that it's crazy whole, even when you think you know. Buddha, yeah. Where she's acting really bizarre. And I was like, how is her mom not picking up on this? Yeah, like, what's wrong video? with you? Why are you acting <laughs> nuts? Like yeah. more nuts than normal. My nuts. So I mean, you have to, you have to assume though, she's seeing this uh her daughter acting this nuts for like uh you know a good amount of time, like yeah. Uh, you know, more than we see, like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> she's like pushing it, like, go for a walk, go over there. Like, it's weird. Be like, what are you, you doing, kid? <laughs> you call it killing a homophobe. I call it an essay on historical reparation. <laughs> <laughs> That's tea with that one. Yeah, yeah. No, I have no notes. That's good. <laughs> If I was 14 years old and Kate Winslet paid attention to me, I would also kill anyone who stood in our way. <laughs> yeah. Again, Rustine Hundreduced <laughs> with the uh, with the hard facts. There. I thought Andy was going to drop his uh, his line that he wanted to say, but you know, no, um, if there ever was a time, no, that, uh, that's for the post game. Yeah, I was going to say, please don't do it. But if ever there was a time, yeah, that's for the after party. Uh, is it okay? This is a whole other level of gal pals. Yeah, 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 it is, Zara. In, in my brain, though, seeing this this particular shot, the one that I chose for um for this, I was imagining that, like, you know, afterwards they became the girls in The Shining, the twins. Like, It does have that. Yeah, it has it. <laughs> Same energy. Yes. Yeah. It's them, and it's Scatman Crothers, and it's... uh. They are gal pals, though. That's the thing. Is like whatever else is going on, like they that that's like a very bonded friendship. We can talk about that later. Whatever. Why they do Orson Welles like that? The most hideous man alive. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, really, it's really funny to have done this back to back with our Joseph McBride thing, where you know he was directed by Orson Welles for six years, and he's talking to us about that experience. And the day before that, I had watched this movie, and they're like, "He's the most hideous man alive, Orson Welles." <laughs> and she like tosses it and it basically explodes into flames when she tosses it like she tosses it so viciously yeah. and, and and that is an amazing scene that they see the third man in the theater which and then, one of my like, favorite movies like which is so good yeah same here. and and then like a black and white orson wells chases <laughs> them around and it looks good too it doesn't look stupid exactly nah. I wish though that they had put This movie was wild, but one, I love true crime, and two, I would let Kate Winslet hit me with a car. So four stars. It's Lex with that. Crazy lesbians run away from Orson Welles to operatic music. They should have run away from Orson Welles to not gonna lie, this shit was wild. That's that's basically like the uh that's the letterbox of this whole like 
uh, month of movie night extravaganza. They're like, all pretty wild movies. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And, and neither is Gail Waters with that comment. Yes. <laughs> Paul and Julie would have been crazy good dungeon masters. Yeah. ACTS facts. <laughs> <laughs> And those, of course, are the letterbox one-liners for Heavenly Creatures right here on Movie Night Extravaganza. Follow Movie Night Extravaganza on Letterbox. That's Forrest over there. I, of course, am Conan Neutron. You can follow me there as well. J. Andrew Worlds, also up in that letterbox business. And uh, Renee Ruin is on there as well. So everybody that is on this panel, as well as many others in our extended uh, cinematic universe, all on Letterbox, a place for film. J. Andrew World. Let's kill mother. Take it away. All right. If you're sitting here watching us on Twitch, you know what to do. Uh, hit that subscribe button. If you already have an Amazon Prime account, please subscribe. That is free for you. That helps us out greatly. Um, if you're over on the YouTubes, um, you know, with the tubes and stuff, um, <laughs> you, you know what to do. Hit that bell. Hit that like button. Uh, smash the stuff because it's smashing over there. You smash things. Um, smash that stuff just like Paul's mom. Smash the tubes. Just smash put that tubes. rock in the stocking and smash that bell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, spoiler um, alert. Yeah, because that actually helps us out too, you know. Um, but also watching the video to the end on YouTube um, because that, that lets other movie fans find our uh, quality, quality work here. And um, for those of you who also want to help us out even more, we have a Patreon. And Patreon allows you to get access to things like our after party, which we're going to have in a few minutes. Uh, and we're going to bring on more people. <laughs> and we're going to smash at them with rocks because that's what we're doing this show. <laughs> Movie night, rock extravaganza. Yeah, it's, <laughs> the whole thing's really a vehicle just for smashing people over the head with rocks and stuff. That's really all it is. It's it's a long game, people. It's the long game. I mean, one one thing that I love about uh maybe not love, it's kind of traumatizing, but one thing that I like about this movie is that it's not just like they hit her with a rock and she just instantly dies. Like the, the no. death oh, is no. brutal. No, it does when, when she's when she first puts it in the stocking and she's and it's sort of hanging, I'm like, this is gonna take a while, girl. <laughs> like, and can't wait like out of the way. Let me swing. I was like, it's gonna take a while. Well, there's Thank kind you. of uh, Kate Winslet almost gets baptized in blood because you know yeah, she could have just let her she could have let her kill her mom and just mm -hmm. been like, listen, she killed her mom. That bitch is crazy. But no, she kind she of had baptized to pick up a giant rock and just go right in there. Yeah, so she's like, here, pass me the rock. All right, I'll do the last couple. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll do the last bangers. <laughs> Which is another. I know. I mean, what another thing? Another thing that makes it really interesting, I I find, is that like both. These both the girls, the real girls, never spoke again after this. So what are you they, they say? Were, remember when we hit your mom with that rock? Yeah, it was crazy. They were put in separate, separate prisons, and they never ever spoke again. And that, so that was part of the condition of the sentencing, right? Is that they could never. Well, and it's crazy, like because if you think about it in terms of it, you know, whether you think of it as a love story, uh, you know, or like a friendship to, for all time, or you know, some combination of the two that's like even more tragic yeah right? it, it is it, yeah they're not allowed to you know it and and i i think that um juliet 
has yeah, changed. also perfectly reasonable. If you're not looking at it from the perspective of a narrative structure, like, hey man, these bitches they, they can't talk to each they other. They can't be friends. Yeah, <laughs> like, no way. Like, we saw yeah. what happened when they hang out together. That was well, probably a bit of a If you put them in the same place, you just hit the like you know the jailers with a rock like this. Right. <laughs> well, that's why I feel like I wonder if they secretly have spoken, especially when they announced that. You know, they they said who Juliet was, what her real name was, and where right. she lived. And then they also released the like, doctor. There's in, also the internet now, and all that stuff is. is but they both live in England, and they're not that far away from each other in actual fact. So I would love to know, be a fly on the wall, and if they've ever actually conversed. Had a spot of tea. Yeah, or like <laughs> even just spoke on the phone and we gone. Remember, remember that was some crazy shit. Like when you murdered your mom, that was wild. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, like think about it in terms of if this hadn't happened in what the early 1950s, right? Like, mm. you, and like maybe Zealand, they would. I was gonna say in New Zealand, homophobia, like homosexuality, was a crime at this right. time. Exactly, that's what I want because we somehow have gone the entire also show in the United nature. States. It was a crime at, at yeah. this time in in, it, in every single state. Um, yeah. I wasn't even taken out of the DSM as a disorder until like '97 or something. Mm. Right? Like, like, it was like I think it was 1986 or something. Oh, was it okay. Well, uh, well, in New Zealand, that is. The disease was called homosexuality. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was almost seen as worse. Like you know when. Yeah. That was it. Was you know like the the mother like Pauline's mother is so angry because she's like, you know, even when she sees him um, sees the border. And he's like, you've shamed us, you know. And then you've got the yeah. Family. That's kind of the crazy thing, right? It's it's like there's like there's there's a I guess a small feminist on my shoulder, in my like in my ear watching this that was like, oh, it's a big deal then if she sleeps with a guy in the room. Um, and they're like, oh, you know, why can't you just be normal and not be a um, like the 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 term she uses, I forget uh, which uh, which which of the many uh, slut shaming terms that she yeah. That she uses but um no but she's like you know yelling at her about that and then it's like oh well she's gotten too close to her girlfriend like there's no you know like what are you what are you supposed to do then not yeah. get close to anybody like the she's been kind of almost traumatized by fighting with her mom i think the mom slaps her in the fucking face yeah. when she says it back to her like is you know and then i, I think then, it's a cheap oh, yeah, little she says, she said, yeah. yeah she's yeah because the mother the mother ran away with the father right. When they were young, and she was like, I, I, "I take after you." Yeah, cheap little tart. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, and the border, who is potentially one of the creepiest characters in the oh, entire fucking movie. Oh, so creepy. <laughs> yes. By the way, shout out Band, Band of Strays, aka Melanie. She uh, joined the Patreon. Want to shout that <laughs> out? She became a a patron. Uh, you know. Anyone, like you can definitely suggest films. You can you can message the Patreon. You can. I will th I will throw a uh, Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends branded saw blade in the air and hope it doesn't hit anything important. <laughs> not really. I'm not gonna do that. That's what I would put on the ground and be like, "Hey, mom, look at that!" And then she'd lean down and be like, "Oh, a Conan Neutron and the, and the Secret Friends saw blade." And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> bam, <laughs> boom. I remember Get the very them. first time that very first time I saw this, and when they say, mm, "Treat yourself, mom," I thought like so. Cool, they're gonna poison her. Best one ever. It no, let's exactly. Not try that. Let's do it the hardest way we possibly can, and put a fucking rock in a hoe, like in you know. Where 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 teenagers gonna get poisoned? But, but that's exactly that like, shows that they're kids though. That shows yeah, that yeah. They, they're you know they're coming from a place of emotion for it, 
And like they're thinking, yeah. they're only thinking about it in terms of, I mean, look at like the the little the, the prince character that they have that's constantly murdering everyone mm-hmm. that they don't like, right? I mean, like, yeah. like it's 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 very much just a ironically binary kind of thing that <laughs> yeah. you know they wouldn't even think of the nuance of poisoning someone. Like, you know, this yeah. isn't gonna be arsenic and old lace who have like you know whatever fifty years on them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like, way, another anything. movie that traumatized me as a kid, Arsenic and Old Lace. I watched that when I was, you know, pretty young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It shows the, 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 well, it's, it shows that, well, the level of, you know, the juvenility of the girls that, that it's yeah. this so primitive that the, the fear of being taken away from each other, like, yeah, just it, they lose control completely. Yeah. And the anger involved in just the idea of that is, yeah, like. And they're being driven by it. And they're being driven yeah. by it in a way that, like, otherwise things that maybe, like, you know, you, you, you have to imagine that the, the real life women, when they talk to each other later, possibly, like, well, hey, you know, we could have just poisoned her. You know, there yeah, had to yeah. be like that. Maybe not. I don't know. I honestly, yeah, where I mean, is that? I think where is that is... Netflix prestige series? Go ahead, Renee. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that the the violence and the um, like the violence was important to her in the act. Like it, yeah. like I think that yeah, that's why. Like it, smashing yeah. the patriarchy and the patriarchy <laughs> as represented by her father, but also or by her mother, but also you know it, it's the will of uh, Doctor. It's Hume, just which... a teenage. Te- it's you know what teenage fascination like. Being a girl, when you're really young, you always get one best, you get like have one best friend and you do become obsessed, but yeah. not normally to that level. But there is a extreme obsession when you have your first girl, like best friend, like scenario where, you know, another girl comes in and you're, you want to kill that bitch. Like what, you know, like it's, it, there's a weird thing about the territorialness and when you, especially when you're young and going through all your hormones and shit. It's very much. Oh, look, it's oh, Eric yeah. and Trout, a Georgia-based yeah. filmmaker, music yeah. director, <laughs> music video director, a musician. She's half of the musical duo, Dream <gasps> plays the guitar and sings the motherfucker in the live band at Conan Neutron and the Secret Friend Zone. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's like that's like when the credits roll and drive my car an hour in, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that's, just, that's just like that. I was just listening a little bit as I was trying to speed home on I-20, but I-20 was kind of busy, so. <laughs> Yo, this is, uh, by the way, this movie is uh, is Christina and Ravana uh, becoming friends. And Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, you're trying to, so, you, okay. And, uh, and, and you know, smashing, smashing Tim Pool on the head with a rock. Wow, that's a great photo um, of her. <laughs> nice choice of the profile pic, Christina. Uh, uh, <laughs> and she will so be then- in in fifteen minutes. She's going to be on the after party that we're going to do. We're going to hop oh, over there. Great. Um, she I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing. A, <laughs> she said, "I twenty represent." Um, <laughs> Movie next extravaganza brought to you by I twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I want to throw up a sign of some kind, but I don't think I-20 has a sign. (laughs) It's a hand signal, although it should. We'll work on that. Anyway, you guys were talking about uh, Heavenly Creatures, and I'm here now. And I'm so happy to be here. That's the movie that we were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Where are we? 
kind of. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we were because so so Eric, I'm interested in your perspective because we I brought up earlier on that as much as this is um, certainly a, a depiction of a relationship that goes beyond friendship at a time where homosexuality is quite literally outlawed. Like, I think it's also just a great yeah. movie that depicts the power of imagination between friends with have like, you know, shared interests as well. But mm -hmm. I, th I think it would be disingenuous to not mention not only just the times, but also their relationship, which I mean, like we mentioned the Orson Welles chasing them around part. You missed that <laughs> part. Uh, but like where they yeah. like, Okay, how can I depict it? For people that haven't seen the movie, first of all, you're missing out. But they're like, hey, what, what would it be it's, like it's if these various... It's to find online, though. It's not, yeah. it's not streaming anywhere. What would it be like if these various stars we liked had sex with us? I think it would look a little something like this. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying that was what you were talking about, or that's what they did? No, the no, that, that's what I want to, like, I, I, I kind of... <laughs> We we were just kind of getting to that the, the, like like that piece of it and like exploring the things around it, but like yeah, like I mean they had a physical relationship beyond like the fact that they had a clear deep connection where they did a lot of running around, a lot of running around in this movie. That's the thing I noticed most yeah. in this rewatch. <gasps> like they're running around everywhere. They're just running yeah. around. I and and there's well, the really amazing there's a the really yeah. amazing part where she veers her bicycle off the road. And then, uh, yes. you know, back. Oh yeah, that's, that's so great. Yeah. Die and she thinks she's dead. And she's like. She's like, no, Paul, Paul. And then she goes, ew, you've been eating onions. And then they start dancing, they start dancing through the woods doing that whole thing and running yeah. to that old guy. That old and man, then, yeah. And he's like, it's super like, just very stereotypical New Zealand Aussie farmer guy. <laughs> just sitting around doing his, doing his choring, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I how, oh, do you we guys have, are doing touring. You guys are doing touring over there. <laughs> yeah. Do we but have I, like absolute? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go, go, Erica. Oh, I was just gonna say, do we absolutely have confirmation that they did have a physical relationship? Because no, and that's what I was, no, that's what I was gonna it's say. Implied. Like it's it's all yeah. implied. Like even in yeah. the film, the only time is that little kiss. Like, yeah. well, they yeah, never they, actually she says that we, we did what, to each no. other what we imagined that each uh yeah. you know each each person like imaginative yeah. character so i i kind of took that as very like very much they did at the very end have a physical relationship i don't think yeah. that they did uh during the, the rest of the movie or i don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think that that's yeah. even like you know but but um, in pauline's diary it sounded like at least from what i read about it i've not read the diary but um it sounded like she she felt like, like maybe she was in love with. Yeah, um, that's, yeah. that's 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 like general. Yeah, matricide matricide's one hundred percent legal now. That's the that's uh, yeah. It is people the, don't yeah. know this. <laughs> I always forget. I always forget that, that matricide is an actual like thing. But um, so you kill you take yeah, the bag like, off the mattress, right? Yes, <laughs> I'm like, matricide. Yeah. Is, yeah, no, so no shout out to my bitch ass mom. <laughs> but yeah like in the you know it was very much even like after the girls were caught like it seemed as though Paul Pauline was very likely yeah lesbian and in love with Juliet but um in her 40s um Juliet when she was outed as being the author um the crime author Anne Berry um when they spoke to her about it she said that it was not something on her side, like mm -hmm. that she was not 
but yeah. there was a and fascination. I the, and I have the clip as soon as we go to the after party, I have the clip yeah. of her talking about it. Um, mm. Yeah. And it kind of sounded like Melanie Linsky as an actor was a bit like, I don't know if Star Trek, Starstruck is quite the word, but oh, she was a bit well, yeah. of Kate Winslet because Kate Winslet had had more acting experience than her. Yeah. AKA but, some acting experience, whereas Molly okay. Lisky had, had zero. No, had zero yeah. Yeah. Someone, like, yeah. someone like this is the character, like obviously Kate Winslet as as a, the actor, but also the character of Juliet would have been so so would have been like a famous person coming to town in New Zealand, like in that small village where yeah. where Paul lived. That would be that's the most exciting thing that probably happened to them in their entire and, and, and it's kind like, of, it's, life. It's fascinating <laughs> that. Uh, a very Canterbury. depressing place where they're from. Canterbury seems to be the mm. name of the, the college uh, mm. that is in that town in Christchurch. And uh, the Archbishop Bishop of Canterbury or whatever is like the, the head of the... So I, I don't know whether it's like a, a direct connection that way or whether it just kind of happens to be. But um, in the, you know, you know after watching uh, Belfast, I know... No, that's not... They don't mention it in that. But uh, the Archbishop <laughs> yeah. of Canterbury is the, uh, the head of the uh, Church of England. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of interesting mm. that he ends up there and they're from England. And then he also doesn't believe they say he like works for some kind of rectory or something. And they're like, oh, well, he uh, you know, he's like, oh, my dad says like God isn't real. And it's like, oh, all right. I thought he was going to be like a religious theology professor or yeah. something, but I guess not. Um, but we, we have to go in 10 minutes to the after party, uh, starting with Erica. I want to hear some final thoughts. We're going to, you know, have a full conversation there, too. And I still have clips to play and everything. But um, yeah. Well, I, I, I knew what it was about. I had never seen it before. I watched it for oh, this wow. episode. Um, and I thought it was really, really well done. Um, I really appreciated that, like, I think part of what they did with a lot of those shots, it seemed to me anyway, my interpretation is that um, a lot of the shots, especially when they're sort of... Um, showing the girls imagination and like the things they're like um, uh, coming up with together and like engaging in that kind of play. And like it, the, the camera work I feel like is really interesting. Like there's like these like big zoom thing, like shots and lots of like weird close-ups and um, even just like the shot where um, Yvonne or Pauline is um, being scolded by her mother. And it's like this close up of her mom's face. And she's kind of moving around while her mom's talking at her, but you can't tell what she's saying. Um, I just thought the cinematography was really interestingly done. And um, I like the angle on the story too, because I think I read that Peter Jackson wanted to make sure that he wasn't like over sensationalizing the murder part, but like wanted to focus on the relationship to um, because it was so well, the story was so well known in New mm. Zealand. Um, so I thought that was, I, I appreciate that too about it. And didn't um, register at all. This is our one big, our one big murder. And it's like, <laughs> you guys have one, you guys have one big murder. We've had like 12 since you started this fucking yeah. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting murdered right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just yeah, and I like I Kate Winslet and Melanie Linsky. I think are both fantastic, even though they both are clearly like on the green side. But I think they did a great job and um, always enjoy their work. So you, you missed about twenty yeah. minutes of Melanie Linsky love like early on in the show. Oh. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably I'll probably replay the clip of them uh, 
talking about casting or not the whole thing, but uh, for Erica and the in the after party because I do think that it's a cool clip. Like I liked I liked watching that. Yeah, it's cool. Rad. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, Renee, you got some. Uh, you got some. Final yeah. Um, I guess. Yeah, th- this film is, I think, much more than like a retelling embellishment of a true story. Um, I felt like Peter Jackson did it, turned it into like a real film and really did it justice and didn't turn it into some kind of cheap, tacky, you know, I was, a lot of people didn't know it was a true story in the beginning and it only when it was marketed to other countries. So I feel like, you know, it it could have been done really badly, but like I think Conan's already mentioned the way that Peter Jackson was able to um, use his amazing directing skills to build and create their imaginative world that they were, you know, they were involved in because during that period when she had tuberculosis the second time, they were writing long essays to each other which included this world. So, you know, we needed to stay within the picture of what was happening and they were meeting up in this world and it made you feel like you were really there and as well and you were a part of it. And, and like, it wasn't daggy. It wasn't done bad, um, you know. And it really, really shows that whole journey of coming, coming of age and, like, female, like I said, female friendships and that kind of strangeness of hormones and by becoming obsessed with, with someone um, that's your friend and the territorialness and, and, you know, the dedication involved. It obviously then gets to a next level when you have someone like Pauline who clearly is extra. So, you know, the, the most most girls don't go that far with it. <laughs> but I think that it really shows that emotion and the, the frustrations and all of those things really, really well, um, you know, and the power, I guess, of relationship but also as Conan's mentioned imagination but like how how emotion and relationships play at such a young age and the way they can play out and the way they can shape everything and how you know something so simple can become something so incredibly tragic at the end when they're being tried to be ripped apart because like when we were all children when some small thing happened it felt like the end of the world yeah and, you know, to them at that point in time, it was the end of the world, though, just the, the pr- prospect of not being together. And I just think, yeah, it was done incredibly well. Um, and Melanie Linsky, I can't imagine it now, ever being done with anyone other than her. Oh. And the fact that she was yeah. 16 at the time was one of the best choices he made when casting. Her eat and shit you- face is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> She's got the best, like, yeah, amazing so angry yeah, yeah. and, and use it all the, the most eyes. appropriate places yeah yeah <laughs> sorry i didn't want to cut you off i just i was like no, that was one of the things that delighted me about it <laughs> oh she's got it down pat like that attitude that teenage <laughs> girls have and like the, how know? is there not like a gift pack of like reacts that's just like all melanie Linsky oh yeah exactly <laughs> there should be. Because I, love, like, I love her her 
Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I will. I will pay whatever price is necessary for me to get that in my life. I would love so it. I would love that. Would be amazing. And <laughs> and you good. find out. You kind of find out. A lot I have some emotes I have to make, don't I? I? I think you might. I think you might, Andy. You yeah. you kind of find out a lot about her in that second when um you know you realize that Juliet didn't even draw her and it's like oh I was gonna draw her on a rock and you realize like yeah. this is a girl that's kind of been overlooked her entire life. Yeah. Um, you know, which makes it way more drastic that like. Kate Winslet is the first, uh, you know, close girlfriend that she has. <laughs> you can see, like, at the beginning, though, where she is apprehensive and kind of like, oh, this yeah. bitch. No, I mean, during, not, I mean during that. And then yeah. when she starts, like, being a bit of a rebel is when yeah. she's like, all right. The audience yeah. is even led to believe that Juliet's going to be a very different kind of character. And you kind of yeah. get to be in on it as uh, Pauline discovers that yeah. like no this chick's cool as shit and like yeah. now gonna be my yeah. best friend yeah. and that's awesome because we just become all... best friends yep do you want to go build uh <laughs> do go do karate in the garage yep also like the, the thing <laughs> i found weird but i don't know why but just the bit where 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 um where juliet's like wants to touch her leg like the thing i'm like yeah that's mm. such weird behavior to me like i wouldn't like just go up to someone and be like I know you've got this really fucked up leg. Can I like fucking touch you today? <laughs> like, to try and become their friend? Leg all the time. You know, like I, this is how I'm going to try and make friends with this girl. I'm just, I'm just going to go on up and like pick the one thing that she's probably really insecure about, and then ask her if I can fucking touch it and look I mean, at it. White people are always doing that to black people's hair, so you know. Oh, true. Sure. Yeah, I feel like from a kid perspective, it makes more sense, but. Yeah, yeah, certainly nowadays I would, that is the opposite of the way I would uh, attempt to make friends. Yeah, you wouldn't. I was, was going to say though, people people are doing that like to the worst thing about whatever. Yeah. Like, wow, you've got my, no leg. My <laughs> really like? my really fucked up right leg all the fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> You but know. I think there's also like an acknowledgement there where she's like be willing to just meet her on her level and talk about it, like. Yeah, because she kind of sort of says like nothing's. It's kind of a subtle nod to like you know we're all imperfect mm -hmm. like, and also that people think that like scars and mm -hmm. uh fucked up like you know maladies and and disease like yeah. it's like everyone that's cool has like a fucked up like body parts which is 100 percent true mm -hmm. um yeah but uh yeah so i want i want to get through this and then we're gonna have a whole you know conversation in the after party uh hey it's, it's not over folks sign up for the patreon right now well we're gonna be i mean we're doing it publicly uh, and then I'm going to put Sign it Sign up for the Patreon account. anyway. Listen to what I said, yeah. goddamn. I'm not going to repeat myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll turn this show right around. <laughs> oh, God. Taking us home. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure you have more than just a few thoughts, but do you want to give uh, one to to kind of finish us off or, uh, you know, before I ask Andy or just, just a quick summary of... <laughs> before Andy no, gets into it. <laughs> no, I'm saying like... I'm saying, like, oh. I'm sure you have a lot to say right now that we haven't covered in this. So I'm saying, like, do you have a, a wrap up, a wrap up thought that you feel particularly strongly about? Um, Are you asking me or Renee? I'm sorry. Oh no, no I said no, Conan, me. Conan, Conan, Conan. Oh, oh I, did, Conan. I thought you were talking oh. to Renee. Oh, no, I said, I said, I said, but Conan. I know that. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Conan has no. I was just assuming you were talking to Eric still, so I was like, yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've I've never had anything to say in any subject. He's any never. Kind. He has zero thoughts on anything. No, no. Well, I mean, this is Conan really fast. That's why you know I was like, <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 do the uh, the playback later. Uh, 
this well yeah so this movie i suggested this movie and and i pushed for this movie hard because it's one of my top 20 favorite movies of all time uh this movie hit me at a very deep and personal place uh when i saw it which was when it came out and i think it's as i mentioned before i think <laughs> i think it's the uh one of the best depictions of imagination and a certain kind and style of friendship that can happen uh during adolescence where you feel these incredibly intense things. Homosexuality. <laughs> Sometimes due to Oscarization or like feeling like, like you're an outsider. And uh, in other cases, just finding your people. And when we're talking about the Kate Winslet, uh, the, the, like when you still, we still don't know what Juliet's like. We kind of are making assumptions based on her appearance, what she might be like. Oh, she might be this snooty chick from wherever. Uh, but it's in the drawing scene that you see that, like, not only, first of all, and 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 I, I really want a sketch of, of Pauline basically being like, I want that sketch. I will put it right there. Right, right the but, like, the fact that, like, the teacher goes around, you're like, all right, it's going to be, like, something crazy. And it's like, no, it's something entirely different that has nothing to do with the assignment. And then, like, that almost impresses, like, Pauline. And so you kind of find yeah. in that moment, you see them becoming what becomes, like, their, their friendship. And there are so mm -hmm. few movies that show that. In general, let alone female-to-female friendship, mm. that it's a really beautiful moment. And I found myself as moved by those moments all the while knowing what's coming, like, later on. Mm. As anything else, and again, as we've this this would just hammer this point right into the ground, the whole fourth world stuff and how Peter Jackson depicts it, that's how he got Lord of the Rings because he was able to depict something that had really articulated, fully realized visions on a budget of almost nothing, tied in a thing that's ostensibly a murder story, but also a story about two friends doing friend stuff together at a time where as some murder stories are, you know. As some murder stories are, uh, <laughs> as in a time where it was not okay to have that level of deep affinity to it, one another, which is a tragedy in and of itself. And if this movie hits on like four or five different levels. It does all of them really well. And I'm really glad that we covered it. I'm really glad to keep talking about it on the after show. <laughs> hit that Patreon. Smash that button on the Patreon. Just like her mom's head got smashed in with the rock. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> And it'll be available uh, publicly right now, you know, for when we're doing it. I'm going to take it off and put it on Patreon afterwards. But you can still join us for the public version of it, uh, you know, coming right up. And I put so the li live listeners do the thing that he just talked about. Everyone else, don't worry about it. It's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy, later. Andy, let's let's hear some quick final thoughts. Some quick final thoughts. You know, honestly, like, like uh, when I first saw this movie. I totally connected to the characters. Like, like I remember uh, having friendships like that. Uh, where yeah, we just like you hit your mom on the head with a rock, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I mean, it never, never quite escalated to the level. But, like, I remember, you know, hanging out at one of my friends' house and we're creating superheroes together and drawing together like they, they were and kind of sharing comics. And, and it just it just gave me a lot of flashbacks to, to that kind of stuff. Uh, and then it escalated to murder. <laughs> Um, which I did not relate to. Um, but yeah, I think the lesson of this movie is we can really learn that uh, homophobia was truly the actual murderer in this film. Yeah. All right. Well, my final thought is absolutely not. Orson Welles, the most hideous man alive. Mm -hmm.